Are you Tony's stank? Didn't see there. Welcome in. Welcome in. We are back. Episode three. Episode three of Delivery for Tony Stank, where we're going to be talking about um the third episode of What If as well. Um, as always, please remember to give us a follow on Twitter, and um, obviously subscribe if you're listening on YouTube. Follow if you're listening on Spotify, and um, yes, thank you very much. Let's go. So yes, welcome in. Thank you very much for being here. Uh, it's so great to be back. I apologise the uh, episode should have went out at the weekend, but I was busy on Thursday as well. So from now on, I can confirm the episode will be out um at the weekend, probably like the Saturday night. Um, so I, I really, I really, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. But that doesn't matter. We're moving on. We're here today to talk about episode three of What If. So the question that they gave us was. What if the world lost its mightiest heroes? Um, now, I've spoken to a few people about this episode and it's I think it's one that's pretty divisive uh, where people either love it or hate it. And I am thankfully in the love it part. Uh, I don't know if I hate any Marvel stuff, but yes, I love it. What I think about this episode is, and what I think about the whole uh, series in particular, is that they do they seem to be doing something different each episode, which is great, which is exactly what you want. Um, they're kind of free of the uh, the limitations or the expectations of your live action movies, your live action TV shows. So I think they 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 try to do kind of different different kind of uh, things with it now obviously we had the first episode of captain carter where it was essentially uh a, a straight up not a straight up remake but kind of like a, just a remake of a film that we know um and and still grounded in relative reality the second episode obviously was with t'challa being star lord and that one again it, it was kind of you know spacey and and a bit out there which is kind of what we thought what if would be more about and this episode the way i like to think of this episode is instead of asking the question what if we ask the question who done it so it's like a for me it was like a murder mystery uh the likes of your agatha christie's and your um knives out uh that kind of thing where it's uh it's more of like a it keeps you guessing as to as to what's happening or what's what's going to happen, um. So that's that's kind of the way that I think of it after having rewatched it a couple of times. It, it it's more of a of who done it as opposed to what if. Um, yes. So that that that's that's the kind of angle I was going in at, and I I felt that, or certainly on on rewatches, that's the angle I went in at and found that I enjoyed it more, um. Especially if, because uh, because we don't know what happens in, until the end, we don't know what's been happening. Um, but yes, we'll, we'll get into kind of the, the ins of the actual episode. So yeah, the first day of the week we get the first part of the episode is um the Monday where we have Fury and Natasha, 
um, driving to the place with, with a big donut from Iron Man 2, um, where where Tony is having a kind of um, a, a bitch fit, a wee hissy fit, like a little little diva break, a little bitch fit, um, and. <laughs> Now, Fury is is voiced by Samuel Jackson, who's back. Natasha is not uh, voiced by Scarlett Johansson. There's obviously been quite a lot. I don't know if this was before the the whole um, issues that she's had with Disney with the release of Black Widow, um, but she's not back. Scarlett Johansson is is not back, unfortunately. Um, so they talk about the Avenger Initiative and uh, and um, essentially turn up at this place, I believe it's called Randy's Donuts in the film, where Tony Stark is sitting in his Iron Man suit, uh, eating some donuts in the middle of a big old donut. Um, and uh, and yeah, so it, this all this kind of part really um, mirrors the movie, uh, Iron Man Moo Iron Man, Iron Man movie, Iron Man 2 movie, uh, where Fury gets out, talks to Iron Man, and then they're in the, the donut place and, and a lot of the conversation is pretty much word for word. Um so again this is a parallel that's it's good for us to see the the um other side of it. So this is this is what we know and then it takes a drastic turn. Um Fury talks about the palladium poisoning that um Tony has coming up his neck and uh, Natasha uses um, a wee injection, which essentially abate, or is meant to abate the symptoms. Um, uh, sorry, I'm going to keep calling her Scarlet. Natasha, um, the, the way, what she talks about the, the injection, so it says it's not a cure, just abates the symptoms. That is exactly word for word what she says in the film, but it's, it's kind of more drawn out because she can see that Tony is... Um, struggling and then we see him actually die he, he he falls over he chokes and falls over and um mr iron man is done for dunzo dead dun, dun, dun. so we see fury obviously really shaken by this and um there's a fantastic cut that uh fury kind of um evaporates out or dissolves out and and it's the watcher and the watch then takes us through the a, a slideshow, a wee slideshow we've got of um of our our favorite Avengers. Or um, you see Tony fighting Whiplash. You see uh, Thor with Mjolnir. We see um, Natasha and Clint at the Battle of the Chitari, Chitari and then uh, Hulk um, smashing <laughs> smashing Loki um, at the Puny God. Uh, part of Avengers, and then we get our, our hero Avengers, um, hero Avengers shot, and this leads us then into Tuesday. So Tuesday again leads into uh like a, a basically the exact same framing that we have for Thor, where Mjolnir is in the massive crater in New Mexico, and uh, and and Coulson is um is there to report to Fury. Now this is where it differs. So Fury wasn't there before. Fury wasn't there in the Thor films, but this time um, Natasha has been held by S.H.I.E.L.D. for questioning uh, because it essentially looks like it's her that's, that's killed Tony. Um, now, we know that's not the case because obviously in, in our universe, 
in our Marvel Cinematic Universe, it doesn't. The, the injection doesn't kill him. The injection is, it genuinely helps him. But they don't know that. So yes, so S.H.I.E.L.D. has her in custody uh, and looks to transport her from their holding facility to uh, to somewhere else for for discussion and investigation. Uh, Fury then slips uh, Nat uh, a little, the, the, the nanotech, or sorry, not the nanotech, I don't like it, the little injection thing uh, so that she can use it or, work, or try and work out what's what happened uh, with it. Now, Natasha is um, taken out of the shield holding facility and is uh, is kind of, what's the word? Escorted. She's escorted. There we go. I had a mind blank there. She's escorted by S.H.I.E.L.D. agents. Um, Brock Rumlow and the other guy who are both uh, in the films. Rumlow is played by Frank Grillo who is, is back to to voice him he also becomes crossbones as we know uh in the civil war film um and yes so fury slips natasha the injector thing and um and yeah basically tells that he knows it's not it wasn't her that that killed him but um but his hands are tied and needs to they need to let things kind of run their course a little bit but um he does when he passes her the injector, he does say that someone inside S.H.I.E.L.D. has tampered um, with the, the syringe, basically. We then end up with Natasha in, uh, in, the, in, the, in the convoy, in the van, with a um, massive group of the S.H.I.E.L.D. agents that have just escorted her into there. Um, obviously, a way, as I say, a way to take her off to somewhere to have an investigation or, or interview or something. Um, and Crossbones is in the front of the van. Uh, Natasha uh, passes her handcuffs to the next guy, uh, the guy next to her, sorry, uh, to to hold on to them while she's um, <laughs> while she basically sorts that out and, and, he, and he takes it. And then a massive fight ensues. Now, one of the highlights of the What If series in the, in the in the past two episodes, or certainly one of the highlights of the 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 first episode, the Captain Carter, was the fight scenes. Um, we spoke about the 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 long tracking shot that was set to the swing music that um went through the planes and blah blah, blah and also the the shot in the headlights of the van, where she's fighting off a group of of Nazis. Um, again, this fight scene is so intricate and very well put together so we have uh natasha obviously fighting off the, the the group of shield agents um there's it's very realistic there's like parts where her body shape and balance is it's it's really intricately put together we we see her um well, first of all, we see her punching a guy a few times in the face, and there's like spit that comes slobbering out uh, when she's when she's done that. Um, there's a part where she like clinches a guy's head, knees him in the face, uses that same leg to turn, hit the other boy, take that leg back around to kick someone else, and then swing that leg back around. It's like 
I mean, I know I could certainly do that. Um, it looks easy for, for someone like myself, but it's uh, it's it's actually um, an incredibly detailed technique, and the way that they've put this on the screen in animated form, it it looks great. It looks fantastic, and it's only like 10, 20 seconds, if that, of the of the scene. Uh, but yeah, it it just it just looks incredible, especially as I say, if you slow it down and look at it frame by frame, um, it looks even cooler. But because it's it looks so realistic, or because the movement is so realistic, it um it feels harder hitting for us as a viewer. Um, Crossbones then says to the driver that uh, sure she can hit a punch, but uh, only when it's not expected. But then here's obviously the the, the van kind of shaking and, and whatever and and uh, gets out of the truck and looks at the back and sees that there's a, a bunch of shield agents who are now um incapacitated and scarlet witch uh, scarlet witch sorry black widow natasha is no longer there okay so next we have um our uh next sort of fray into a, a film scene that we've seen before and that is uh in new mexico we have the the shield set up for um thor's hammer now again this time fury's here so fury wasn't there last time or sorry in the movies um so we have fury and uh clint talking about mjolnir and how no one can lift it um <laughs> not even jackson and he's uh <laughs> and he does crossfit because anyone who does crossfit can do whatever <laughs> um fury talks about how someone's going to come looking for it and we hear about uh, a person breaking the facility then colson gives us the uh <laughs> the um incredibly detailed description of thor um he tells he got a visual on the intruder caucasian male mid-20s with great hair <laughs> really great hair <laughs> and uh and fury's not too happy with this description he says excuse me and colson um tells us that he's gorgeous that thor is gorgeous <laughs> i mean obviously we can all agree with that so yeah um we've got barton in the sky uh as again with the film he's on his little uh his little bird's nest trained up um little i don't know little box where he has his arrow pulled poised and ready to potentially shoot the um the suspect that's coming for the, the artifact mjolnir um of course in the film again uh he doesn't take the shot thor then tries to lift it can't and is is tased by shield and and taken um in way for like investigation or or um interrogation this time when thor um makes his way to mjolnir does a little hair flick um there's a bolt of lightning and clint releases his arrow which then strikes thor and 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 kills him um obviously you know clint as we know is is hawkeye he's a he's a master marksman he basically never misses never makes mistakes but this time it seems that he has even though he says um i didn't i didn't i didn't release it wasn't me 
so yeah so then hawkeye is then taken into um into like a, a cell essentially um i forgot to say hawkeye is 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 um voiced by jeremy renner again who's who is back um and colton if you discuss discuss how he then has said nothing to them um he's, he's not speaking to any of them but if you decide that you'll, you'll speak to him fury goes in as you know there's no response from from clint so he says you know wake up sleeping beauty and um okay slumps the floor and, and is dead he's dead so right now we have uh, a dead iron man we have a dead thor we have a dead hawkeye three of like the main avengers that we know are dead Deed. um so yeah they're trying to work out who potentially has killed hawkeye because he's been in a sealed cell um who could it be now this is this is where like for me like the the whodunit side of it the murder mystery side of it comes out the uh, agatha christie inspired um thing for it comes out and 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 that's that's where i think it's it's more suited to to essentially the question should be who as opposed to as to, opposed to what if um we then have uh fury and colson in uh, a morgue with uh with hawkeye and thor's bodies there's a, a weird a weird 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 moment where <laughs> where colson sniffs thor's, thor's decomposing corpse and uh and says even though he's uh even though he's rotten he still smells still smells like lavender which is pretty creepy and then fury has a wee sniff as well weird weird little moment um yeah and they kind of just talk about how there's like no real link between between a shield assassin and it's actually tony stark so they still don't know then we move on to color university so if you've seen incredible hulk movie which actually it's not on disney plus i believe it's something to do with uh, universal when it was released so it's actually not on Disney Plus. So if you're doing like a Marvel rewatch, you you won't get this film. Um, I don't know if you can catch it on. I think it's on Netflix, maybe. Um, but yeah, this is the scene of the uh, the Incredible Hulk final kind of battle between him and Abomination. Um, Natasha turns up and speaks to Betty Ross, uh, who's not um voiced by Stephen Tyler's daughter. I can't remember her name. Something to Miss Tyler. Elizabeth? Elizabeth Tyler? I think that's her name. Anyway. Um not voiced by her. It is voiced by uh by someone else. And they talk about how um Yeah, they they talk about how she's how Natasha's not actually there to find Bruce Banner. She's kind of needing Betty's help to work out um how Tony was murdered essentially. But um, yeah, so she's so not here about the green guy, she says, or Dr. Bruce Banner. And asks Betty to help her find out why, um, uh, to find out how potentially he died and, and, and hands her the, um, the, the syringe. Um, they managed to work out that it's some form of nanotech that that has killed tony stark or has has um has 
changed the has altered this the syringe that um Natasha used. Um so yeah, we still don't know too much more. Um basically Natasha then gets a call from Fury asking if she's in a secure location. Um they think that the the Avengers initiative are um are getting killed out. Uh Natasha <laughs> Natasha finds Bruce uh hiding in a closet. Um and he and he and he you know he tells her that that there's uh there's no need for any any violence the dog can end well for anyone. But yes, uh Fury tells Natasha that that people are on Avengers initiative, so Natasha and Bruce Banner are the are the only ones left. So potentially they are in a lot of danger. Um, there's a fantastic, again, a brilliant shot of the Watcher, um, overlooking uh the the, the sort of shield car in the in the desert. Again, there's some really really cool little um little cinema, really cinematic kind of um like sort of techniques that they use and this one is, is obviously a vista of the new mexico desert with with the watcher looming over um still watching you know it, it, i think with this type of episode where it is again relatively grounded in in our cinematic universe um it just gives us a little nod just a reminder that we are not watching the mcu we're watching um a completely different universe that the, the, the through the watchers through the watchers lens essentially now, so as Coulson in in this shield car gets to the start of the um the shield base, there's a rumbling and we see the Bifrost come down, um, and out of the Bifrost comes our boy Loki, Mister Mister Loki himself, um, shows up with the that's Guardian Warriors, the um, the 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 destroyer armor, um, and he introduces himself. As the um, the crown prince of Asgard, the rightful king of Jotunheim, um, and god of mischief. So what this obviously means is that now that Thor is dead, there's no um, there's no challenge to the throne. Like once Odin wakes, or once Odin passes on his his um, his crown, passes on the the throne, it goes straight to Loki. Um, and again, Loki is uh, back and voiced by Tom Hiddleston. So he's been a busy boy. He's been a really busy boy with obviously Loki, the TV series, and which is going to have a second season, and um, being in What If as well. So as Loki is doing his little introduction, we get Fury, uh, Fury's phone <laughs> starts to ring, and Loki asks him to, to pick it up. Um, then we... We see it's, it's Natasha phoning him, um, and she is with Bruce Banner at the overpass kind of thing at the university where they have been cornered by uh, General Ross and and the army. Um, this then leads, this then leads to um Loki telling Fury that that they're here for vengeance because someone, an agent of this planet, murdered Thor. Uh, and and they've come for, as I say, a ven vengeance basically. 
someone takes a shot at, at Bruce in at Culver University. Uh, he gets shot in the shoulder. And obviously what that means is when he gets angry, the green eyes come out and Mr. Mr. Hulk starts to show his face. Um, so it kind of it kind of goes back and forth between uh, Loki being at the S.H.I.E.L.D. base in New Mexico and the, the Culver University standoff. Um, again, this obviously shows us what was that was all happening at, at once and it really, really racks up the intensity because we know obviously that Hulk's a way to... Um, or sorry, Bruce Banner's way to turn into Hulk um, during the standoff with uh, with Thaddeus Ross and, and the army because someone shoots him, obviously, as I say. Um, Ross doesn't know who shot. He does say to hold the fire. Then we go back to Loki, who has the um, the big old frost... Uh, what's it called? The... Um, the, cas the Casket of Ancient Winters. Uh, which Loki uses to to freeze the um or or to basically show it's a strength it's a show of strength a show of power essentially. Um, so obviously we have Bruce Banner being shot turns into turns into Hulk. Nat bails out. She jumps off the thing, and we get we get Hulk smash. We get Hulk rage. Hulk rage. Um, it's great. The the animation of the Hulk um, is, it's kind of, it takes a few different um, influences from the Incredible Hulk movie, which was obviously Edward Norton. It takes, uh, with, with long hair and stuff like that as well, but then also some from the Ruffalo Hulk, which, sorry, Bruce and Hulk is voiced, voiced by um, Mark Ruffalo, who obviously was uh, cast um, at the Avengers, the first Avengers film was recast as as Mark Ruffalo instead of Edward Norton, um, and we get yeah a Hulk smash where he starts to mash up the um, mash up the army vehicles and uh, things. Now, now, <laughs> this next part, this next part, it's pretty disgusting. It's pretty horrible. So we get Hulk. Um, and he starts, he just stops and starts to look confused and his body kind of distorts and, uh, um, inflates basically. And we see his, his muscles, his legs, everything just start to inflate and overflow. Um, until the fantastic, well, not the fantastic moment, but the, as I say, the disgusting moment where he literally explodes. Pop. pops um and there's a massive green cloud basically now they've obviously had to make this uh green cloud of dust essentially as opposed to it being green blood or, or whatever like <laughs> just for family friendly stuff I, I don't think they've been able to do um a lot more than that but it's it's disgusting all the same even though it's not blood and bone and muscle and stuff going flying out it's it's still a harrowing moment um, which yeah it, it's not nice to see we then obviously better ross kind of breaks down but we go back to fury talking to um to loki telling him that the person that's killed thor has actually killed a couple of his guys as well um but loki does tell him they're not allies but fury says well let, let me help you and and he gets a 
he gets our ultimatum until the next uh the next sundown or sorry next rise of the sun the next sunrise um to deliver his brother's assassin uh, and gives us the the warning that he will reduce this planet to ice and ash right so we are then on to um the virginian public library um this part is very interesting because so it actually tells us or hints really strongly at who is doing this or who's behind all this but first of all first of all we get colson's password <clears throat> password for getting to the shield database and it's brilliant it's <laughs> it's um it's it's highly um like perfect for for colson because obviously colson is a is a captain america fan as we know in the avengers film so his password is hashtag steve 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 i heart steve 0704 <laughs> brilliant now 0704 if you're not sure is um steve rogers's birthday fourth of july okay so that gets natasha into the shield database where if you um look closely or if you um like pause it you can see uh people's files come up so it shows you the files of um uh fury um maria hill alexander pierce um it then also shows you uh janet van dyne but with a cross and a thing your name as well um sort of a cross over her photo uh Natasha finds something and says, how did a woman who died two years ago access the database yesterday? Okay. So, we, in our world, um, and I believe at this point, people think Janet is dead because she went into the quantum realm. Um, She went into the quantum realm when it was like, I think it was the Cuban Missile Crisis in the like 1960s. Uh, and presumed as dead. So in Ant Man and in Ant Man film, she is presumed as dead. So I'm presuming as well that that, that is that is um what's happened here. So she's she's dead as, as dead essentially. Natasha then suddenly says, "You won't win, not against me, not against Shield." To what we think is a uh, an empty, an empty dark library, and then she, you know gets ready for a fight basically and gets absolutely knocked out but against a, a, an assailant a, someone that we don't see whatsoever we, we we never see who the person fighting her is now at this time her her phone is calling um nick fury and um yeah we see her her gun get uh hit away we see her getting thrown about the room thrown off the roof um getting easily uh over powered in this in this fight and what she screams into the the phone which is a, a, a fury's voicemail is fury it's hope it's all about hope now that's when it clicked for me that's when it clicked for me that obviously hope van dyne is um the daughter of hank pym so that that's where for for me it clicked that it's got to be something to do with ant-man i wasn't sure if it was going to be hank pym i wasn't sure if it was going to be hope it was, i thought i wasn't sure if it was like potentially actually actually hope that was doing it um potentially to avenge the death of her her mum or or something i don't 
didn't know, but I knew that it was to do with like the Ant Man um side of things. But um yeah, we then see Natasha get dragged away, never to be heard of again. Which then brings us to well back to New Mexico, the, the town where uh in the Thor movie he uh, sort of stayed and stuff and the, the infamous scene with the coffee, um where he throws it down, smash it, and says another once he's done with it. Uh, and we have Nick listening to his voicemail from, from Natasha. Um, just over and over, it's hope. It's all about hope. Uh, and he is trying, obviously, to work out what the what the kind of the link is. Um, Coulson shows up with the, the Avengers, Avengers Initiative and talks to Fury about that and tells about how Fury is also on that, that Avengers Initiative, basically. Uh, Fury then makes it out to car and actually, actually shows us the the Captain Marvel pager, uh, where he's obviously thinking about using that to potentially um call Captain Marvel and uh, and help him out, but ultimately decides to leave it and uh, and I think that's where he clicks. I think that's where he clicks. What's happened? So he decides to go and and speak to Loki. Um. Well, first of all, he obviously talks to the, the 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 armor, the destroyer armor, and tells him what to see his boss. So, yeah, he makes he he chats with Loki, or he's, we don't see this, but he's obviously chatting with Loki, and, and um, they come they come up with something together, and then we move on to Thursday. Thursday and the Golden Gate Bridge again. Obviously, that's when it's. Uh, it's confirmed it's to do with Ant-Man because that's where Ant-Man sits in, in San Francisco. And again, the Watcher is still just telling us that he's there um, being our eyes and ears for, for this uh, for this universe. So you can see him in the background kind of shrouded in fog uh, behind the Golden Gate Bridge. And it comes down onto a, um, a graveyard, a graveyard in San Francisco. And uh, uh, Fury walks up to the... Um, Fury walks up to the, the grave of Hope van dyne so it's hope is dead hope is dead and it says beloved daughter agent of shield so we now know that that hope obviously has been killed and is or was um working with shield potentially closely with with nick fury uh nick uh speaks to speaks uh, he just says, if it isn't Hank Pym, and we see Mr. Pym in his yellow jacket armor. Now, he was actually the first yellow jacket in the in the comics. Um, but yeah, uh, it's 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 Hank Pym, and voiced by Michael Douglas. Um, when obviously when the credits come up, <clears throat> excuse me, when the credits come up, you can see certain names and kind of match them to people and like Frank Grillo was up and, and Samuel Jackson, that kind of thing. Um, they didn't show Michael Douglas, I noticed in this one. They didn't show him his name at the start, which is great. Again, it's this is where the, the murder mystery, the whodunit side of things works well because there's not a way for us to put the, the name, the, the actor's name to the character, which would have spoiled it really. Um, especially as soon as we heard about nanotech during the the Culver University thing with Betty Ross, that would just you know you would have made it the connection there and then. Uh, whereas, not show Michael Douglas's name at the start then meant that we genuinely had absolutely no idea um, what was happening or who was 
who was dealing with this. Now, Hank and uh, Fury talk about uh, talk about Hope and how she died because of S.H.I.E.L.D. or because of Nick Fury. And so Nick actually mentions how Hope was killed outside um, Odessa in the Ukraine. Now, that is actually an interesting point because in Captain America, um, The Winter Soldier, we have a moment where Natasha talks about how she was at a mission in Odessa, had her the wheels shot out of the car, and she, the Winter Soldier was there. And also she tells us that she got shot in the stomach, but went through her and, and hit someone else. So what the what the theory or what the um what the assumption is is that Hope was on that mission instead of instead of Natasha. And potentially it was actually Bucky Barnes, or sorry, the Winter Soldier that, that killed her. Because remember, this is not the same uh universe or dimension. This is not the same one as Captain Carter. So we don't have a Captain Carter in this one. We have a Steve Rogers in ice, which we'll find out about later. Um, so it would have happened as we know it, which is Bucky falling off the train. Bucky getting captured by the Russians, being brainwashed, becoming the Winter Soldier. So the what they're hinting at there is that, that Hope Van Dyne was killed by our very own Bucky Barnes as the Winter Soldier. So we learn about how Hank Pym was able to kill each of our Avengers. The first one is obviously when Natasha uses the syringe, he goes into Tony and uh, kills him. Um, with Thor, he is the one that uh, that made Clint release by going to his hand, I'm assuming, opened his, his fingers. Um, he then flies out of Clint's ear, so I'm assuming he's went in and smacked his brain up or something i don't, I don't know how we've done it um the horrible one the the one that as i said is probably the, the most disgusting death is um he when when there's the shot he is actually shot into uh into bruce banner at first and throws one of the um the the, the hank pym resizing things at his heart so he literally um literally like uh becomes massive um like just over kind of inflates stuff um that brought up a wee question for me and it was how in avengers uh bruce talks about how he put a bullet in his mouth and the other guy hulk spit it out so what does that mean for obviously um internal injuries or things like that. I think it's to do with the fact that it was self-inflicted. Um, he obviously tried to um, do that, but because he's not aware that Hank is in his bloodstream and is, is, you know, throwing something or doing something internally without his knowledge, I think that is why there wasn't, you know, why it wasn't stopped by, by Hulk, basically. Um, and yeah, yeah, so he is... And obviously, he then kills Natasha as well uh, in the in the um, uh, library. Sorry, the public library uh, in in Virginia. Now, Nick is very sarcastic 
very kind of um, blasé about uh, this whole conversation with Hank Pym. Um, Asks, <laughs> um, when, when Hank brings up about her mother being an agent, he sarcastically says her mother was an agent, which is obviously completely out of character for, for Nick Fury. Uh, and Hank then has a go at, starts, starts to fight Nick Fury and, and Nick seamlessly, effortlessly deals with him, just batting away his punches and literally flips uh, right over him. Obviously, this is, uh, this is kind of where it's potential or you could work out what's happening and it is actually, as we find out, Loki, who is, uh, who is masking himself as Nick Fury and he, um, he dissipates, uh, uh, all the different versions or sorry, the different, uh, it's like the Mirage in Apex where it's got like lots of different decoys and stuff of him and, uh, and then eventually changes back into his Loki, um, Loki armor and, and Nick Fury turns up so if you didn't if you didn't notice that part you do certainly notice it uh on the rewatch that he's, he's a lot more sarcastic and when he's talking to hank from the first time and uh and it does it essentially tells you that it's not nick fury without actually telling you it's not nick fury uh it's a great little bit of writing there um or the the way the way i kind of see it anyway um we then move on to <laughs> we move on to friday and the united nations in new york city and of course, in typical Loki fashion, he's decided to stay around a bit and he does a, a speech at the UN in where he is now essentially the ruler of the world. Um, he has a, a, he has a, a speech that is very reminiscent, almost word for word, for his speech in Avengers where he is when he's in Germany after the opera. Uh, and he, he talks about subjugation, how humans crave subjugation and how we're made to be ruled. Uh, so yeah, so Loki gets to rule Midgard or, or Earth. Um, this then moves on to uh, Coulson and Fury in a, a, a hangar with um, all the different uh, like caskets or, or coffins each uh, with an Avengers um, like emblem on it. So we have obviously um, Thor with the hammer. We've got Iron Man with the mask. We've got Hawkeye with the shield and the arrow. We have uh, Natasha's Black Widow logo. Uh, we have Hulk's um, Hulk's fist. And yeah, they're they're all obviously there. Um, now. Nick Fury talks about how in humanity's darkest hour we'll find our, our, our heroes. And this leads then into Nick Fury going into what looks like the um it actually kind of looks like the was it the, the Cave of Solitude in Superman where uh it's all iced over. Uh it is obviously the the ship that uh Cap was in when he um saved the world from, from uh the Red Skull. Uh, and we see Fury shine a light on to the Captain America shield. He wipes it, wipes it away and says, um, welcome, Captain. Or, welcome back, Captain, I think it is. And there's a little bit of light on the side of his face. And he turns around and it's Captain Marvel. 
asking where the fight is. So obviously Fury is, is friends with Captain Marvel from, from the film. Uh, and it looks like the Earth's last heroes or Earth's last, Earth's last hopes are Captain Marvel and, and Captain America. So uh, potentially co-captains. Uh, and then we, we, we then cut to black and that's it. That's, that's the, end, the end of the episode. So that was episode three done. Now, again, I don't want to... What I'm going to do going forward is actually rate the certain um, shows or films. And with TV shows, I'm going to rate them all as as like one single thing. I'm not going to rate episode by episode. I understand why that episode is seen as a weaker one in the three that have been for, for What If. It's... As I say, it's it's one where I don't know if the what if should have been the uh, integral part of it. It's more like the, as I say, as I've spoke about strenuously, and you're probably bored of me saying it's the who done it for me that was the the more important question of that that whole episode. I really like the the again the parallels to potentially the movies or the the, the consequences. Um, that change what happens so obviously with thor dying we then have uh loki turn up and that then has consequences on the whole of earth because he now then rules earth which was literally his um his whole sort of um goal during avengers the, the film where where he wanted to take over the earth with the chitauri but he does it literally diplomatically and with his own army there's obviously then the consequences of uh, Hope having become a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent and that then turns Hank Pym essentially crazy after she's, after she's dead and seeking out revenge. Um, yeah, it's really, it's really quite a, an interesting part it's an interesting episode of of the what if but as i say it maybe doesn't have like the the complete out there that we were potentially hoping with with what if uh it doesn't have that almost shock factor, or, or even not even shock like just like complete out there sort of thing it, it is very much uh, a more grounded again I, I keep talking about superheroes are being grounded but it's very much a more um uh sort of a kind of contained story i know they all are contained stories but it's 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 yeah i i get why people don't like it i i would say it probably is the weaker of the three uh but i still really really enjoyed it so yes that was another episode of what if down now we're going to obviously uh to twitter we had some um some feedback from you guys on what you thought of the episode. So first of all, uh, at Mikey Cube said, finally caught up with this week's episode and it didn't disappoint. Some great action set pieces and genuine laugh out loud moments from Coulson. Brilliant. Uh, we then had uh, at Foxy Snob, Coulson's password of perfection and the Thor's majestic looks at uh, locks. Thor's majestic locks did not disappoint. I completely agree. I completely agree. Does have great hair. Um, at F sake, Jamie said again, I loved it. I agree it's more grounded than the other episodes so far, but it didn't detract from my enjoyment. The creators continue to show care and attention to the detail, uh, to detail the MCU legacy. And I just love the art direction. Oh, and Thor's hair is beyond beautiful. 
So Thor's hair is getting a lot of love. Um, and completely, completely agree. At Fluid Highway says, not as out there with the concept this time I felt. Still enjoyed the episode, but was hoping it would lean into a more out there concept. I completely agree as well. That that's where that's where we talked about how it um you know it it did kind of stay a bit more grounded in reality, but each of them have been different so far. So I'm really excited to see what happens next. We'll talk about that. Uh, at Bulls Celtic said hashtag Steve C Steve I heart Steve 0704 I really enjoy Colson absolutely it's brilliant um, but yes guys thank you so much for your, your, your tweets there I will be putting out another uh, tweet after episode 4 asking you what you think if you want to be featured on the podcast obviously uh, just reply tweet to that um, to that tweet I put out and we'll, we'll get you on the podcast so thanks so yes going forward uh, episode four of What If is out on Wednesday, which is the 1st of September. Now, this is the episode that we've kind of spoke about before, uh, or kind of spoke about the the pictures um, that have that have come up. So it centers around Doctor Strange, and Doctor Strange potentially fighting an evil Doctor Strange. Um, and in this, there is a, a shot of him speaking to Captain Carter. We know it's Peggy because she has the the shield. So I wonder if this this could be the first one that either links in fully or just sort of links in with previous episodes. So I'm really really intrigued to see where this goes and see if this does link into the further um, Marvel kind of content or if it is just purely kind of awesome. But I'm so excited to see because obviously Doctor Strange is a big part of No Way Home coming up and Doctor Strange two. Um, and they deal with multiverses as well. So I really, I'm really not sure if it will kind of all tie together. I kind of hope it does, but I also kind of hope it doesn't. I'd like, I like to have potentially a, a separate thing, uh, a separate, uh, like show or a separate kind of um entity to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. But I trust Marvel. I trust Marvel. We'll, we'll see what what happens, and we'll uh, and we'll kind of take it from there. But um. But yes, that is us for the uh, latest episode of Delivery for Tony Stank. As I say, we will be looking to have the episode out on uh, Saturday. It might be Saturday night. But um, yeah, I'm going to be... I've, I've now got Thursdays free. So it gives me a bit of time to, to sort of do this and get it out in time for you guys. It's just been a bit, a bit late this week. I'm sorry. I apologise. I apologise. Uh, but... There will be none of that next week. It'll all be good. So, yes, as I say, follow us on Twitter at DeliveryMCU. Let us know what you think of the next episode that comes out, and we will get you on the um, we'll get you on the on the podcast, and we'll we'll discuss what your thoughts were. But guys, thank you so much. Um, and uh, yeah, we'll see you all next week. Bye bye. Mm-hmm.